Blackstone Audio presents Ghost of a Flea, a Lou Griffin novel by James Salas. To Jane Rector Donaldson, Rich and Abby Martin, Emily and Joe Ferry. My beautiful ship, oh my memory, have we sailed far enough in waters bad to drink? Have we sailed far enough from the beautiful dawn to the sad evening? Apollinaire 1. After a while I got up and walked to the window. I felt that if I didn't say anything, if I didn't think about what had happened, didn't acknowledge it, somehow it might all be all right again. I listened to the sound of my feet on the floor, the sounds of cars and delivery vans outside, my own breath. Whatever feelings I had had been squeezed from me. I was empty as a shoe, empty as the body on the bed behind me. A limb bowed and pecked at the window, bowed and pecked again, Winds were coming in across Lake Pontchartrain with pull carts of rain in their wake. I heard music from far off, but couldn't tell what it was, not even what kind. Maybe only wind caught in the building's hard throats and hollows, or the city's random noise congealing. I seem never to learn that standing still doesn't work. There you are with a smile on your face. They won't notice me. And all the while, all the things you fear keep moving towards you, their smiles a violent travesty of your own. In your books, you never write about anything that's not past, done with, gone, Laverne had said years ago. She knew that was a way to stand still, too, and she'd been right, about that as about so much else. Sooner or later, I'd have to move, go back out there, into the world a world much smaller now, where it was about to rain, and where one of the coldest winters in New Orleans history, like a bit player, waited impatiently in the wings, strutting and thrumming for its cue to go on. I'd spent my life in rooms much like this. You move like a hermit crab into their shell. Then, in time, as old clothes and mattresses do, they began taking on your form. Their safe, familiar walls are a second skin. You and the room become of a size and kind, indistinguishable. The room, its surfaces, its volumes, diminish when you leave, and you, in turn, away from the room too long, find yourself growing restless, edgy, at loose ends. I peered out the window. A dim image of the room behind me superimposed there like a fading photograph or one taken too soon from the developing tray, suspended, half-formed, neither wholly out of the world nor quite a part of it. The window had become a universal mirror. In it, everything was reversed, turned about, transformed. Light bled away to darkness, walls and corners bent to obscure, indecipherable shapes, the whole of the room lumpen, autumnal. And out there, in the window world where a moth beat against glass, a man I knew both too well and not at all stood watching. A man dark and ill-defined, 
with the mark of lateness, of the autumnal, upon him, too. I remembered Henry James's remark upon meeting George Gissing, that he appeared to be a man quite particularly marked out for what is called in his and my profession an unhappy ending. Gissing had deployed his creativity as a single dynamic force in a life otherwise marked by doubts and indecision, discord, disappointment, disillusion, all of which had a familiar ring to it. I must come to some sort of conclusion, I suppose, I had written years ago. I can't imagine what it should be. Now I knew. All the people we've met, all those memories and voices, real or imagined,